it can be so easy to, to, uh, I hate to use the term disrupt it, disrupt industries, but gratitude and truly caring about your customers seems like such a low level of investment to make happen. Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. I, I reorganized my office, um, and I moved. Yeah, I saw the uh, the accent lights. Yeah, you see the blue. Yeah, um, it looks super cool at night. Um, and then behind my desk, I have these four can lights that I put uh, color LEDs in, so you can change the color mm-hmm. of those too. Nice, nice. Um, the idea was like. I, I I don't know about you. I I found this weird that that this was happening because I've been working from home for like twelve years, but during the pandemic, it seems like my work from home flow process has been totally disrupted. Almost like I've never done it before. So like mm-hmm. my my home office just was in a. I, I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast I was listening to the other day that my home office is just in a state of disarray. Like everything is piled up on the desk. There's just junk everywhere. It just felt cluttered. It felt like stagnant. I needed I needed a new energy flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to rearrange my office, and I moved I moved the desk. I put it. I have a bay window that looks out onto the front yard. I moved it into the bay window, and I loved the location of it. Um, it mm-hmm. felt really good. But I also have glass doors on my office, and when I tested it out on camera, the entire image was just completely washed out because so much light was coming in. And then, because my uh, bedroom, or my bedroom, my office window faces west uh, in the afternoon, I I couldn't work. (laughs) Like, the light was just right in my face from the sun going down. So I tried different desk locations and I ended up back to where I started. So apparently <laughs> this is the right desk location. Um, but in in the midst of all of that, I did a lot of clean out. I reorganized all the, the drawers and cabinets in here. I cleaned up. I threw a bunch of stuff away. And I mentioned it felt like before I was being buried under like a slow moving avalanche. Um, and now it just feels so much lighter and cleaner. So even though I didn't achieve my goal of rearranging the office, I think I ultimately got my goal of better energy flow and just a better feel in here. So and then nice, to top nice. it off, I added, I added in some of the accent lighting, which was fun. Very nice. Yeah. My five-year-old comes in and likes to play with it. He, there's a setting where it does like a slow fade rainbow to different colors and that's his favorite. I'm like, it looks cool. <laughs> Uh, I think it would make my head go crazy if that was on all day long. So, oh yeah, yeah, I, I bet it would. Yeah, yeah, because I think I think it would just make anybody go crazy just doing that. Because it seems cool at first until you've got to sit there every day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and normally I only turn them on if there's I don't have them on if unless I'm on camera. Mm-hmm. So you you get to enjoy the nice little blue glow. 
Or maybe we should change it to orange. Match the. the yeah, you should. The you should have it set to, to be orange when we're recording. Yeah. Let me see if I have an orange set here. It looks more green than orange. How about this one? Well, yeah, it's kind of hard to see, you know, during the day. We'd have yeah, to see what it looks like at night. Right. We'd have to do it at night. The blue shows up pretty decent during the day. Mm -hmm. There we go. Ah, oh, so that's that. Feels good. Hopefully, I can get some good create creative work done. Be good with it. I also um, have been thinking about chairs, and I was asking uh, Randy on on Twitter because he just upgraded to like a gaming chair. And now that I have the whole gaming light set up, I need a gaming chair. You need a gaming um, chair. But I was talking with one of our our clients yesterday. Her her husband is um, they um, they've been told that their their work from home is going to be extended into a good chunk of next year. Um, mm -hmm. and when they originally announced it, I think like a lot of people, she, she's like, Oh, it'll be a few months. We'll be back in the office. And so I'm not going to really spend a lot of time on my office setup, just kind of throw up a folding desk and call it good. Um, but at, at this point into the, the work from home and looking like it's going to continue into next year, I think her, like a lot of people are like, I, it makes sense for me to invest in my office. So I was, I was chatting with her while her husband was installing new can lights, um, so that they, she had better lighting and she was thinking about how to make it feel a little bit more comfortable. Um, and we got talking about it and it's like, uh, it's amazing how we spend so much of our time in the setting. And a lot of us and myself included are very frugal. Let's put it when it comes to spending on making it nice. Um, and it's like, this is crazy. We, we sit here all day long. Why, why wouldn't we spend a little bit of money to make it a little bit nicer and and we got talking about chairs and and the one that randy was um pointing out to me is 350 dollars as i'm sitting on my like 50 dollar walmart special chair and come to find out 350 dollars is considered budget category for office chairs it's really i did not know that yes and i got looking and wow our office chairs extremely expensive i had i mean i i wouldn't know i i've always had these yeah. these these cheap chairs but anyway it was an interesting discussion on how like it's like it's it's okay to kind of make your space feel good and nice you don't have to splurge but we spend so much time here why not why not make it comfortable yeah yeah like you know. well, as far as like, i've got a standing desk but i also have like a tall drafting chair for when i do want to sit down Mm -hmm. And, um, oh crap, do we have an echo? Do we? I thought maybe I heard an echo. I don't hear an echo. Um, uh, hold on. No, I do hear an echo. Weird. Hello? Hello? Yo, 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 yo. Okay, I think it's gone now. Um, so I've got a tall drafting chair, and it's like the $99 Staples special. Yeah. And I mean, it gets the job done, but you're right. Like, if I were to, do it again i'd probably spend a bit more money on like a chair that, that that that's a bit more comfortable yeah yep yep anyway that's what i've been working on what's uh what's new in your world uh lots lots of the yeah. moment you know some stuff i'm not I'm not going to go into to here um just lots going on though 
Understood. Understood. Um, you're going to get some a little bit of downtime over the Thanksgiving break. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be off the Thursday and Friday because we're closed. And then I'm debating taking Monday off just to get an extra day in. I think I have to check our internal calendar. My, my, my calendar says that Thanksgiving break starts on Wednesday. See, I wasn't sure. I, I I thought it was Thursday. I mean, now here's maybe, the thing. Maybe Tomorrow's that's maybe that's one. Day. Maybe that's one of our clients that has a yeah. break and it's showing up on my calendar. I say we take it. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, like for me, I'm looking forward to it. I've got two meetings in the morning, and then pretty much everyone's gonna be done by noon. So I'll have like a good five hours uninterrupted, just yeah. to to get some hack stuff done. I probably should do the same. I don't know about you, but uh, yesterday was brutal. Um, it seemed like every one of my meetings that was Wednesday through Friday got shifted to Monday. Oh yeah. It was like by three o'clock. I'm like, I'm, I'm wiped out, man. This is a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I I didn't necessarily have that happen a lot of, in this case this year, I mean, I've had it happen before. Don't get me wrong. Uh, This year though, it just seemed like a lot of people just canceled meetings, which I'm I'm fine with. Like I've started, notice even today actually i'm not gonna say anything and jinx myself but by (laughs) by like lunchtime tomorrow most people are out of the office yeah yeah that's good we need some downtime refresh get back at it yeah what else is new with you you know non-work related that's about it um I'm trying to think what I have going on. M- most of my day is spent working. I'm in. I, I'm into Minecraft now. All of a sudden, so uh, I probably get a couple hours of that in. And then uh, my five-year-old, his his new thing at night that he likes to do is he likes me to watch uh, Minecraft videos on YouTube. And he's got like three or four YouTubers that he's just a super fan of, mm-hmm. and. Uh, he, he doesn't let me pick, and I don't necessarily enjoy his content, but for some reason, he just finds it hilarious and entertaining. I'm like, this is so dumb. Like, <laughs> he, he, like he likes these YouTubers that just kind of find a Minecraft world and mess around and mess with each other and have fun, and he, he thinks that's hilarious. I'm like, I want to see, like, the good stuff. Like, teach me how to build stuff and craft stuff. and like inside, Give me ideas. Like, give me the strategy. And he's like, yeah, that's boring. <laughs> but he's been playing it for years and I've like kind of watched over his shoulder playing it. I'm like, I don't get this game. And then, I don't know what it was, but we he installed a, a version of it on the Xbox and he wanted me to play with him one day and I started playing and like once I kind of got the gist of what the game was, I'm like, this is seriously addicting. So mm-hmm. his his prize as he's hey well as he's standing outside my door, his prize for uh doing his homework or doing his remote schoolwork, which he is not a fan of doing, is if he does it, then we get to play uh Minecraft on the Xbox. Oh so. fun. Oh that's really cool. Yep. So Anyway, it gives him something, but that, I mean, that's probably a, a whole other discussion. Um, the interesting things we're seeing coming out of remote, you know, companies trying to figure out remote work, mm-hmm. education systems trying to figure out remote learning, man, it's, it, it's, they do a really good job with it, but from a psychology, trying to make it a one-to-one match of being in the school, 
Like it just doesn't work. He just it's it's hard to get him to focus and have structured mm-hmm. time. But when once he is, it's good. But it's a fight every day to get him to sit down and try to do it. Yeah, I, I've seen that too. So like where you know the school district my wife works for, they've pretty much just picked up the classroom environment and translated it to to remote to to Zoom mm-hmm. work. Yeah. So yeah, I'm getting that echo again. Weird. Um, but anyway, so so they. Can you try try muting? Hello? Hello? Yeah, it's weird. I'm getting some kind of feedback on your side. Um, Hold on. Let me check my settings. Uh, So my mic is the Yeti and my speaker is my... let 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 me try this. Hello? 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 I can hear you. Can you hear me? And there we go. Yes. The echo's gone. So I I hit on the audio section. I hit the echo cancellation um, checkbox. Mm-hmm. But there shouldn't be an echo. There shouldn't be any feedback because it's I don't have any external speaker going into the mic. Yeah, it's weird. I, it, and it's faint. Only I can hear it. Yeah, very weird. I don't I don't know what that is. Um. Yeah, so as, as I was saying, like my wife, like the school district just basically picked up the, the 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 school environment and moved it to to online. So it's it it's been a struggle, and like you know, they've been trying to encourage the students, like just just do your best, like just please participate, just do your best. That's what counts. Like today is like parent teacher conferences, and it's over Zoom, and you know they were you know actually it was yesterday, today, and into into this evening, and. You know, that, that's been just a common theme this year to everybody is, is we're all just trying to do our best and yeah. try, to, try to figure this out. Yep. Yeah. And it's hard. And I, and I get it because it was such a compressed, like, try to figure it out. And I think everyone's doing their best, but it's, it definitely has some uh, tweaking that can be, can be done to it for sure. Yeah. Um, so it has been one heck of a year. Um, and we yeah. actually had this conversation this time last year, and I mm. didn't re-listen to the episode, but I thought, you know what, Let, let's let's revisit the topic. So we may repeat ourselves. Hopefully we don't. Hopefully there's other yeah, ways we can cover it. But what I want to talk about is is showing it, th- this time of year, a lot of people you know get into a very reflective mood, starting to think about like, what are they thankful for? What are they grateful for? What do they appreciate? Stuff like that. So in a work environment, how can you show gratitude and appreciation? without looking like an ass kisser. <laughs> you're on mute. I can't hear you. Okay. People sneaking in here. I'm like, I, you're, you're trying to be sneaky, but you're totally going to show on camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So gratitude. Oh yeah. Like showing gratitude and appreciation without, without being an ass kisser. Yeah. Because it, you know, it's, you know, sometimes it is very easy to come off as that. And a lot of times, you know, people do that in such a phony way to, to, to gain points. Yeah. So, you know, I thought it'd be a good topic just to, to revisit, like, you know, how do you do that? And I know the easy answer we're going to tackle right away is, is it all depends upon the rapport with the person that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, and I mean, that's going to be the key thing. Um, but what are some other thoughts around that? Like th- this time of year with, you know, how do you show genuine appreciation? I mean, it, it, I, I think the easy answer is authenticity. Um, and 
authenticity is hard to scale, I think, but it's doable. And just, just think about, and I've thought about it for, for our own brand in which we have by, by design, we keep a a fairly small book of business. So we have the luxury of providing a more one-to-one experience um, with our, our customers. I know as you scale, that can be very difficult, but think about uh, the, the types of communications you get from companies on your meter of, is this authentic or not? How easy is it for you to say, this is a copy paste boilerplate mail merge fill in the blank automated system that they're sending me a message versus wow wait a minute someone actually put time into into this message how how easy is it for you to detect that um i mean pretty quick pretty easily yeah i think you, you can tell when you get that that that, that email like especially yeah. like like we were talking about the pandemic in the beginning we saw a lot of that at at the beginning of the year like every mm-hmm. company sent out an email about COVID and how they care for people. And I'm like, 90% of these companies that are sending this out, they're doing it because they feel like they have to jump on the bandwagon of everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think that's right. It's, it's, I, and I get it because especially when you're talking about massive customer bases, it's so incredibly difficult to, to scale that. But for most people, they can, they can tell and I think in most instances, those messages at at best are meaningless, right? Mm-hmm. People are like, eh, okay. And at worst, I think it, it potentially hurts brands to, to do that. Um, it's, it's interesting timing and not, not from a gratitude perspective, but just from an authenticity perspective. I, I got an email this morning from someone and it went something like this. Hey, Jason, you know, we've been following 33 sticks for years. We're big fans. Um, and, and because of that, um, we want to help you with your next round of fundraising. Your first round probably wasn't as smooth as you would have liked it. Let me tell you a little bit about our service. I'm like, what? I mean, <laughs> if you're big fans of us and been following us for years, it should be fairly evident that we're not a startup. We're, we, we don't, we're not taking VC funding. We haven't had a round of funding, right there. It's just mm-hmm. a fishing expedition and I get it. Like the, from their perspective, like if it doesn't hit, it doesn't hit, you're not the target audience, but still like it reflects poorly. Like really you're, you're trying mm-hmm. to be authentic, but people read through that. So, so quickly. Um, but it's, it's hard. Um, I, I was thinking about it the other day. Um, on our internal Slack, I asked if if people can find good mailing addresses for people because I wanted to spend Thanksgiving break maybe writing out some handwritten thank you cards for for some of our uh, for some of our customers. And I got thinking about some of the things that we've tried to p- put in place that maybe have have not gone over as well or have not taken off. And I think the reason for that is that. Um, we tried to operationalize it. We tried to make it a, a one size fits all. Um, you know, like, well, every time we get a new customer, we send them a certain welcome package or they get this certain thing. And it kind of lost the, um, I guess, weight and value of it being something unique and authentic. And, and so we've kind of pulled back from those things and, and said, rather than trying to operationalize that, rather than trying to send the one size fits all, you know, holiday message, or, you know, you reach a certain milestone with clients and they get the same kind of treatment that you're thankful. Can we 
take advantage of, again, I'm speaking from our perspective where we have the luxury of a, a small client base. Can, can we take advantage of that and send out more personalized communications to let the person know, mm-hmm. like, you're not just one of a set of customers. You're, you're someone unique to us. You're, you're Carrie at Harvard Business Review, and we know what, what makes you tick and makes you special, and we want to speak to that. To me, I think that has, has huge difference. Um, and I always go back to, and, and the discussion always is, well, that doesn't scale. And every time I hear that, I hear the words of, of Gary V. I think it's, he talked about it a lot, uh, but I think he talked about it a lot specifically in his book, The Thank You Economy, where um, early in his kind of career and thinking about his own brand, um, he used authenticity and, and being thankful and grateful for friends and business partners and, and customers um, as a way to scale and grow his business. And everybody that kind of was like, that doesn't work, Gary, that may work now because you have five customers, but when you have 500, that doesn't work. And he always pushed back on that notion. And I'm sure it, at certain degrees it, it does. Like you have to have more people in place to make those things scale. He can't do it one-on-one himself. But the idea of thinking about individuals as truly individuals is, is such a lost art um, that, it doesn't take a huge amount of effort or a big financial investment to make a massive impact in someone where you take a few minutes out of your day to be authentic in recognizing your gratitude for them in a way that they can tell. Because as you mentioned, like you can tell when I get mm-hmm. something, ah, you know, that every, every time around this year, it's getting close to my birthday. I get a text from my insurance agent. The bullshit meter is like freaking out. I'm like, Dude, I've spent I I'm, I've probably spent hundreds of thousands of dollars with him over like 25 years. I've been with this insurance company. Mm-hmm. He, he can't he can't send me a personalized text message, or better yet, I and I told him last year, I'm like, take me off the list because this makes me not not like you. It is not a good feel. I bought a, a I bought a seventy five dollar order from a small company in California, and I've placed two orders with them both times handwritten thank you note came with the order and they were both very unique and i I could just tell instantly like this wasn't just a copy paste this wasn't just someone cranking out notes this was someone that sat down and was deliberate about writing me a thank you note this is amazing which company is that uh i don't know if i dare shout it out but I, i i will it's called topical they're in uh they're in the la area they do cbd products okay I can cut that out if you want. No, no, no. I don't. I don't mind. I'm. I'm a big fan of what they they do. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. No. I was just yeah. curious um, about that because, you know, in recent years I've become very, <clears throat> um, very aware of brand packaging, mm-hmm. and when you see care was taking taken into into packaging it, like um, I ordered my wife a, a gift from the Magnolia Company. That's Chip and Joanna Gaines's company. Yeah. Yeah. And like it. it Everything is is packaged. Their their manifesto, what they believe in, what they stand for, is like right on top as you open everything up. Yeah. So let's let's talk about that because I think that is a way that you can operationalize and scale um, mm-hmm. gratitude for for your customers. Because mm-hmm. in those instances, the the gratitude comes not in the fact that you know Chip and Joanna didn't sit down and write a personal message to you. I'm sure they get thousands and thousands of orders. They couldn't scale that. 
But the mm-hmm. gratitude comes in the fact that they prioritize the experience of you getting a product from them. Yeah. And, and, and that is a great way to show, to show gratitude. You, <laughs> you might as well just walk in here because it looks way funny when you're not fooling anybody. <laughs> you're not fooling anybody, right? No, no. <laughs> it's two days before thanksgiving yeah we're we're already starting to check out that's awesome i just like i thought we have learned at this point just walk in don't try to like hide it because it just you're not you're not fooling anyone there um so my my point being is that even even if you can't generate a unique one-to-one personalized experience you can express gratitude for a customer Um, by showing them that you've taken time to deliberately create the experience of purchasing from them. To to me, that's a phenomenal way of showing gratitude. And I'm glad you brought that up because it it reminded me of a similar experience. I just, um, I don't know why, but I just felt like I needed to uh, pick up an Apple card, Um, mostly because it's literally made out of titanium and it's awesome. Um, And I'm like, well, who doesn't need a metal credit card? Like, yeah, that, that's super cool. I might have but to do that too, just for that reason. You may have to do it just because of the process. I'd be interested to see what you think. The process from signing up to, I, I selected to also get it, it, you know, it adds it to your wallet if you have an iPhone. Um, mm-hmm. But I selected to also get a physical tangible card. And that part of it was so amazingly cool. Like how that thing showed up and like with most Apple products, but opening up the package and it came like really exclusive, like through this like overnight shipping. And it was like in this very exclusive container and you open it up and then you use your phone to activate it. And the whole process of going through that's like, wow, like they care that, you know, we want to be an Apple card customer. Like they've thought through that entire process and it was so phenomenal. And I'm guessing Mm -hmm. it's something similar with your experience with Magnolia that like that gratitude for you being a customer comes across and the care they've taken in really defining what that experience, which so many companies don't do. Just think about it. Like ordering a product from any retailer online think about that experience. You can tell, I think really instinctively has this, has this retailer put deliberate and thought into not only the ordering process. I think that's the easy part, right? Like we talk about optimizing websites and Mm -hmm. checkout flows and what that experience is like, but that's only part of the journey. It has to be shipped to me. It arrives at my door. Once I receive it, I have to open the package and you, you can tell that most retailers don't put any thought at all into that process past the past the checkout. No, it, it, it's putting a brown box inside of another brown box with some some kind of packaging and then tape and, and out the door. The re, the retailers that that do um, you can tell, and it creates mm-hmm. just such a great experience. We talked about this a little bit. Um, Jim and I met uh, with some graduate students at East Tennessee State uh, oh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, and I can't remember how it came up They're they're marketing kind of brand students and they're thinking about kind of customer experience and it came up kind of what the new, uh, I'm not going to use that term. Um, what, what the ex- new experiences with retailers look like and how companies are having to spin up, you know, new buy online pickup in store curbside pickup programs. And a lot of them are just out of necessity, spinning it up. Um, but there were a couple that we called out before that had this in place prior to the pandemic. And you can mm-hmm. tell 
that they have put deliberate thought into this isn't just a transaction that we need to optimize. It's an experience that we need to optimize because we want to show that our customers that we're grateful for every sale that they transact with us. And the two that I, um, the two that I called out and if you work in business, if you work in creating experiences and marketing, um, do yourself a favor and even if you don't like it and even if you don't need anything, download both the Chick-fil-A app and the Target app and do a curbside pickup at, at each of those locations and just see how phenomenal that experience is from end to end. You can tell that both of those companies have put a massive amount of thought into the entire customer experience. Again, speaking of gratitude that you know this, we don't see you as just a transaction. You know, we may not be able to scale one to one. You know, I may never show up to Target and say, oh, hey, Jason, you know, sure, because they know my name on the order, but they don't know me. But mm -hmm. they can scale the gratitude by putting the thought into the experience. And to me, I feel that warmness of gratitude that it's like they care about me as a customer enough to really put thought into what this experience is going to be for me. Yeah. And so my wife swears by the Target app and curbside pickup, uh, especially, and it was even, she started using it before the pandemic with the baby. You yeah. Know, like if, 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 if she had to run out and do errands and like, especially the summer since she's off and I'm home working, you know, like it, it was hard to take an infant out just to go in and get two or three things. So she put him in the car, you know, order the stuff via curbside, pull up, they put it right in and then she, she, she come back home. Um, so she swears by that. I've done the, the Chick-fil-A ordering a couple times and mm -hmm. super, super easy. Yeah. And like, as you were talking, like, you know, I was thinking about like the experience I'm currently going through right now with the bank we're, we're working with for the mortgage for the house. And like, I, it's been a horrible experience. Like, yeah. Keep going. Okay. I thought you were looking keep for going. something. Um, no, I am. I uh, am. Keep going. So like this experience has been really, really bad. Like I felt in the dark at times and like requests for information comes out like at the last minute. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me that two weeks ago when I was scrounging for, for statements and uh, account information and other details like that? Why didn't you ask me then? It's you asked me for something. Now you're asking like these little drips and drabs for requests. And finally, the other day with, with, with everything we've got going on at the moment, I finally went to Suzanne and said, I need you to deal with them. I can't yeah. talk to them right now. Yeah. They're driving me up a wall. It's the point where I have to go back um, and amend the agreement of sale with the owner to push the settlement into, into December. We were hoping to have it done by next Monday. It, yeah. Yeah. I think, and, and for some of those, especially like mortgages and bigger, um, bigger payments, think about car buying. I, I think a lot of those companies and salespeople see those as very rare and companies see it as, you know, Jim may never get another mortgage from us again, right? Like it's a, it's a long time thing. Um, and car, car dealerships, like the, the salesperson's like, it's going to be three or four years before Jim buys a new car and I'm going to have like five new jobs in between then. So I, mm. I think they don't think about the experience, but as you were talking about it and what I was looking for is the book, I sent the book to everyone on the team, the, uh, what I can't remember the moments book. Yes. Yep. You know what I'm I talking about? Yeah. Um, and in there they specifically call out banking and home mortgages as such an ideal 
I don't know if you remember that, um, that feed, is it called thinking in moments or something like that? Um, yeah, I've got it right over here. The, the idea, the idea about celebrating moments and thinking about the process. And I, it's just interesting that they specifically called out um, home mortgages and applying for it as something that's so horrifically bad, yet so primed for creating great, um, great customer experiences. Yeah, the power of moments. Uh, such, it's such a good read when you think about being thankful and showing gratitude for your customers. Um, that book is full of great ideas about how to show gratitude and be grateful for, for in, in this sense, from a business standpoint for, for customers. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a great opportunity to, to curate that experience, but, but no one is doing it. Um, and, and again, it doesn't need to be a one-to-one, we're going to make this special and unique for Jim, but it should be, we need to put the time into thinking about this process to make it, um, to make it a bit nicer. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's so many different areas where that can come into play. Just think about not only, you know, we're talking real estate, not only the mortgage side of it, but think about, I know your situation's a little bit different, but dealing with realtors and like finding houses and that whole experience and it, everything, most things just seem to be transactional in nature. We just need to optimize the transaction, but we're humans. Like we have emotions and feelings and you have to optimize, um, the experience of, of that. Um, and, and that creates, I think a lot of, a lot of gratitude. Um, and in the case of a home mortgage that may not pay off instantly, but think about you having a good experience and you feeling like they're truly grateful for your business. You're, what are you, what are you more likely to do? If you get a home loan in the future, go back, tell your friends, you know, as you hear about on social media, so, oh, you should try like the experience is amazing, but they can't, most companies can't think that, that far mm-hmm. out. So it, it never happens. You know? Yeah. And, and like with this one, I get the feeling that a lot of times, like a lot of this would have been handled in person, like come in, let's, you know, come in for two hours this night. We'll go through everything you need to do so you can plan out what you get. Instead, it's just handling it through email. And then that's why it's coming in like, oh, we need this from you now. And oh, we need that from you now. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, that's, yeah, like I've, I'm like, I get half answers at times too. And I'm like, I get it. You, they're also busy. Listen, I, I know like right now it's a, it's a, it's, it's a golden age for mortgages with mm-hmm. uh, the record low interest rates. Yeah. And I get it. They're probably underwater. And that's the only thing that's prevented me from like kind of going completely off. But I would just love to say like, you know, like th- this experience has been awful. Like yeah. I'm stressed out because I feel like I'm in the dark. I feel like I don't like I'm getting like, well, we need this, but like, there's no why, you know? So yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say like at one point, like we need to move the, uh, the, um, the settlement into December. Why? Like just, you're, you're not telling me why we need to do it. The justification for it. Like if you say like, there is just a backlog with the state getting titles processed and whatnot. Okay. Then, but you know, it's like, so I'm just, I'm frustrated with that. Yeah. At this point, I'm just going to ramble. So, so let me ask you this because I, I, I think there are occasions where sure we can, we can advise companies and as a company, we can look at creating better experiences to show our gratitude to our customers that, that may be a longer fix. L- let me ask you how much weight it would carry if, yeah, there's a lot of mortgage right now, 
record low rates, as you mentioned, a lot of people are in the funnel, they're overwhelmed. A lot of their processes are clunky, especially going to mostly online to, to avoid, you know, direct contact. Their online systems are clunky. That, that isn't going to be fixed overnight. But how much weight would it carry if someone in that process were to pick up the phone and take five minutes out of their day and say, hey, Jim, you know, this is Mike over at Mortgage Company XYZ. You know, I, I we really appreciate your business. We know that this is clunky. Um, we're overwhelmed. We're, we're trying to make this a good experience. I wish I could fix all these things. I can't do it. Here's what's happening. Here's what we're trying to do. Is there anything we can do to make this better? Um, even if they can't, how much, how much would it mean to you that someone would take just a few minutes? I'm just talking less than 10 minutes out of their day to connect with you personally. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it would be huge. It, it yeah. would be huge that I, I would feel like that there's justification then in some of the requests or the way the requests are coming in that, mm -hmm. you know, they're just jumping from one to, to the next it's, I think the worst part is, is in some ways just being in the dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and then at one point I emailed somebody else involved and they never got back to me. So, and I'm just like, it was somebody that, um, you know, from the owner side of the transaction. So I ended up calling the owner who, I mean, I'm friends with, and I'm just like, what's the deal? Like they're not getting back to me. I'm in the dark. I'll be honest. I had to wire a couple thousand dollars and I'm like, can someone get back to me before I just blindly send this? Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and, and honestly, I think that to me is the most fascinating and compelling part of anybody that wants to do anything really in, in life that taking just a few minutes to be authentic and connect on a personal level is such a differentiator. You know, you may not be the biggest, the best, the fastest, the smartest, the most, you know, you may not have the most earth shattering ideas, but I, I will tell you that having that sense of gratitude for people you work with, for potential customers, for customers puts people in such a rarefied class that they don't have to be the best. They don't have to be the smartest and they will absolutely stand out and, and thrive. Um, I don't know why it's so difficult to do. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of, there's a, there's a small bank here in Utah called Central Bank. And there, there are a handful of branches, maybe less than 10 in the area. Um, and I have just been amazed uh, watching the way that, that they do business. And uh, my grandparents were, were, were customers of theirs for, for decades. Um, and when, when my grandparents passed, they took personal interest in helping me take care of all the finances and everything. But even before that, and you know, it's, it's timing around Thanksgiving and the holidays, um, they did thank you things, but it was, it was process right? it was, it was mm -hmm. operationalized, right? It'd be like a fruit basket or a gift basket, but they would physically drive to customers' homes and hand it to them and spend 10 minutes with them saying how grateful they were for their business. And that, um, you know, and, and not only that, they would know a thing or two. Um, my, my grandpa, um, loved gardening and, um, he purchased an empty building lot, uh, about a quarter mile from his house to, to build a farm on. It was his little kind of hobby farm. Um, <laughs> so he would, he would leave the house in his little truck and go to his hobby farm and he had a little well and he, the whole building lot was, was his garden and he loved doing that. And he was really proud of oh, it. Fun. 
And I, I swear it didn't matter who was in the bank. And, you know, when I was dealing with their finances, trying to kind of figure everything out, didn't matter who was in the bank. I would walk in there and I'm like, Hey, you know, my, my grandpa's Frank Buffo. And they're like, Oh, we loved his garden. And he would come around and bring us vegetables. And he was so proud oh, of that's that. So awesome. You know, the fact that, you know, they would know those little things, you know, it didn't take a whole lot of effort, you know, and again, delivering the, the, the thank you gifts around the holidays and knowing a little something about their customers. It, it just made all the difference in the world. And sure, like that's just a tiny part of being a well-run operational business. But man, those those little personal touches of gratitude set them apart, and still do to this day. And um, I, 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 my my finances, having been at the same bank for twenty-something years, seem to be so spaghetti. I I fear changing banks. But every once in a while, when my bank just doesn't doesn't necessarily not do something well, but just kind of irritate me a little bit. I'm like, I wish I was over at that other bank. I wish I had that experience. I'm so jealous <laughs> of everybody that banks there, you know. And and it's not that my bank is bad, but they just don't care, right? It's it's mm-hmm. just not. It's just a trend. I'm a I'm a transaction to them. Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that is is really interesting to me, and I, I think we're already seeing this because man, what millennials are in their late thirties now. Um, and at the high, at the higher end of that, that range for that segment, um, they've got some real purchasing power and, and the generations coming behind them. I I don't know if you see it, but I see them really demanding more personalized touches. They really demand having gratitude as part of the process. And it's awesome to see. I'm, Mm -hmm. I I really want to see that happen. And I think businesses and individuals that embrace that are, are going to win in the next decade Mm -hmm. for, for sure. Oh yeah. Like, I mean, you've, you, you've seen that coming in the form of just like the, the mega malls disappearing Mm -hmm. and them being replaced by like those boutique town square kind of things. Now, granted, they're still a bit more manufactured, but people have, you know, our parents' generation, they shopped at, at Sears. Sears mm-hmm. is a dying brand. Yeah. They, they shopped at big box department stores. They're a mm-hmm. dying breed. You yeah. know, so the, the first step you saw and what you were talking about there is, is people wanting that personalized experience. And now you're going to see it go to, to the next step where it's like, you know, I really want you to know who I am. And I really want you to care that I'm a customer, not that yeah. I'm here go- walking up to a cashier and, you know, paying and walking out. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be such an interesting thing. In fact, I was talking with one of our clients yesterday about um, everyone's kind of freaking out about cookies and our cookies going away and what data can we capture? And, and I said, I think these are all the wrong discussions to have. I said, the discussion really needs to be not how we can technically be able to do these things, not how we can, you know, come up with workarounds or hacks for C names or link decorations or whatever. Like there's so many gurus out there talking about how to track all of this data from a transactional perspective. I'm like, we're, we're missing the big picture here. Why can't we have a true partnership with our customers? And, you know, talking about gratitude and creating unique experiences, rather than than trying to trick them or be less than transparent about the data we're capturing about them why can't we have an open conversation and say you know you know that boutique experience you want you know yeah we're not a mom and pop down on main street 
but we can still give you that experience. We know, we know a lot about you that you're willing to share with us. If, if you want us to help create and curate that a unique experience for us, for you, let's do that. And here's what it's mm-hmm. going to take for us to do that. You're going to have to be willing to share with us things like, you know, what, what's your favorite color? What's your birth date? What's, you know, and if you want that experience, this is what we're going to use that data for to, to curate that, that experience. I think that's what the conversation needs to, to be because again, a lot of these things are hard to scale, but if we, if we have the insights, if we have the data and we do it in a way that's transparent about our desire to be grateful for every transaction. And by doing that, showing that gratitude through creating really well thought out experiences for our customers. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just lot, lots of interesting angles. And I, this probably wasn't the direction maybe you were thinking of from a gratitude no, standpoint, but, but I think it's, yeah, I think it's just such a good fit. Um, and it's, it's something that man, now more than ever companies should be thinking about, um, as, 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 as companies struggle on some more than others, you know, travel and, and tourism restaurants, um, man, what better time than ever to show your, your customers that you're, you're grateful for, for every transaction that they have with you, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, I, maybe I'm making it sound easier than it is, but on the grand scheme of all the hard things we do, being thankful and showing gratitude and showing personal care is really actually easy. It's, it's, it's just about us one recognizing that it's important embracing it. And two carving out a little bit of time. You know, I think about the restaurant example a lot and I think about restaurants that I find myself and I, unfortunately during the pandemic have not done a lot of, uh, outdoor or eating at restaurants. Um, but thinking historically about restaurants that I tend to frequent, there's one common theme and it's that they care. It's either I know the owner and they've developed a relationship with me. And it's one of those things where you can walk in and I'm like, Hey, Jason, that just feels super cool. Um, or yeah. the staff is trained in such a way to take a few minutes just to be not fake friendly, not the, Hey, Jason, we've been following your company for years and want to invest in your next <laughs> round of fundraising, but, but truly take a minute to connect with you as a human on a one-to-one basis. It instantly passes the smell test and it stands out and it makes such an amazing, and it just doesn't take a lot of effort. It doesn't take a huge investment to have that, that connection. And I just find myself constantly going back to those places because it just feels so good. And I feel like they're truly thankful for, for my business. And I think that can be scaled to any business. Um, I, I think the low hanging fruit mm-hmm. are the ones that you've mentioned, like, and we've talked about it, like finances, financing, banks, mortgage companies, transactional things like real estate. Like so many of these are such horrible, clunky experiences. Max, like, man, it wouldn't take a lot just to tweak a little thing here and you would make a huge difference. You would instantly be an outlier in a space that is just, I mean, think about car buying, like crappy experiences. I bought a car online. It It was the most amazing experience ever. They drove it to my house, dropped it off. I'm like, I am never going to a dealership again. (laughs) This experience was amazing. So it can be so easy to, to, uh, I hate to use the term disrupt it, disrupt industries, but gratitude and truly caring about your customers 
seems like such a low level of investment to make happen with huge, huge return on those, those investments. So, yeah. Um, and I think that this was a great take on it. Um, you know, it, it's, you know, last year, again, I didn't listen to the episode, but I remember it was like showing gratitude to, to your coworkers and your employers and whatnot you know, this perspective of, you know, optimizing the entire experience for your customers as a way of showing gratitude for their business. I think it's great. And it honestly, it's a great pairing with the recent episode we had of just like being human at work, because yeah. to your point of showing appreciation to, to customers and clients requires a human side. You can't yeah. be a machine, you know, you, you can't. can't expect it to just be a purely transactional relationship. I give you product, you give me you know, money and, yeah. and it's done. And and it can be done in, ev- again, it can be done in every industry, even industries that are, um, I, I have two examples. So even industries that are turnkey. Um, so think about any good experiences you've had with a call center. Most of them are probably horrifically bad. And there are a few, and I, I've had a couple that have stood out where I'm like, wow, that was an amazing experience. Um, and you, even though they have to follow kind of a script and, you know, if, if you say that, then we say this, you can tell that there's a personal component to it. My, my experience was with Apple. So I have a MacBook mm-hmm. pro, um, that the battery bulged and, um, I called them and tried to figure out, do I take it into an Apple store? And we ultimately figured we would, they would ship me a package and I would ship it back to them. I know that like most of that transaction was a script. But I could also tell that there was this human element and connection that just made it feel different than every other call center action um, experience I've had. Uh, and so even in those cases, it can stand out. The The last one or the other one I'll, I'll mention because my five-year-old loves it is, um, and this is very unique to this one location, is McDonald's um, in American Fork, Utah. There's a guy that works the drive through that is the happiest, most friendly. And when there's kids in the car, he kind of plays these different characters and voices. And, and oh, there's another guy at our little Caesars down the street that does this similar thing. I'm like, this is so cool. Like, this is such a turnkey, you know, here's how you make the food. Harry, here's how you, you know, pass stuff through the drive-thru to have it done in record time. But that little investment of being personal and being an actual human instead of a corporate clone I drive out of my way to go to those locations because it is just such a cool, fun, personal, real human experience. You know, you made me think of something from back when I was a kid, like when I was like eight, 10 years old. Um, like at one point, our, our Friday night tradition as a family was we would go out and do, run some errands and then we'd end at this pizza hut. And it was mm-hmm. when the pizza hut, they had the dining room, you would come yeah, in I remember. and, and yeah. whatnot we got the same waiter every week and I, well, okay. Maybe not every week we went, but like pretty much like at least two out of four Fridays a month, we we would be there. Well, he was there every week and he would get to know us every time. So it became like a joke. Like, you know, we come in, he'd see us, he'd make sure we sat, you know, we were seated where he was serving and, you know, he, he knew what we wanted and, you know, he, yeah, he talked to us and come over and have fun with us. And yeah, you made me think of that just as, as a kid, like, you know, saying the same person every week. 
Yeah, it, it's 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 so cool. And it, again, like you remember it, it creates, you know, talking about creating powerful moments like that is important. And and again, regardless of what industry you're in or what role or level you are in an organization, you can implement this in everything you do. And the, the key is authenticity. Mm-hmm. Be authentic about it. So here's my challenge as we're in the season of giving thanks and, and, and being grateful. Um take a few minutes in the next coming few weeks and, and just, and just try this. Um, when you're on your next conference call, don't fall into the trap of having the forced chitter chatter before the call. And then you get like truly connect with someone like truly care about what's important to them and see what a difference it makes. Take a few minutes and write a handwritten thank you card to a colleague, to a customer, to, to, to a friend in the industry that's helped you out. Um, look for little moments to take a little bit of time, maybe a small financial investment and truly do something to show gratitude and be a hundred percent authentic about it and notice what an amazing impact and, and powerful moment that creates. That's my challenge mm-hmm. to everybody listening. That's great. Yep. Love it. And let's go ahead and wrap up with that then. Sounds good. Good conversation. Cool, man. Well, this was a lot of fun. Like I said, I really enjoyed the take on it. Um, you know, I, I thought it was, uh, you know, something, so, something, you know, in an interesting way to, to look at it. Yeah, for sure. Glad we, glad we did it. Enjoy your, uh, Thanksgiving. Be grateful and, uh, you too. Authentic gratitude. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, thank Bye. you much. Catch everybody later. See ya. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of 33 Tangents. If you enjoyed what you heard, please rate and review the show on your favorite podcast aggregator so others can find us. If you would like to reach us, you can do so by emailing podcast at 33sticks.com or on the web at 33tangents.33sticks.com. 33 Tangents is a production of 33 Sticks, an analytics boutique.